Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty, and they nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they can live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. What I just read comes from Psalms 107. And within this psalm, there's a beautiful depiction of not only how the Lord reacts to us, but how there's many different responses that we as people can have towards our creator, savior, and sustainer. You see a lot of different responses based on different responses of the heart, but you also see how the Lord interacts with each and every one of those people. And you see that the, what the Lord uses to help bring those people to him is different, yet there's a common thread throughout it all. And so in today's episode, the purpose of this episode is for us to look at different responses of our heart towards our creator, savior, sustainer, but also look at how the Lord responds when we have those hearts. And, and hopefully, together we can see the common thread through it all. So no matter where you're at in your walk with Jesus, whether you don't have one or you do have one, whether you barely know him or you've been walking with him for years. No matter where you're at, you are welcome here as we unpack not only our God, but ourselves. Welcome to the Color and Chaos podcast.
Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming from Macomb, Michigan. That's where I'm recording right now. And no matter where this episode or this podcast finds you, my hope and prayer is that this podcast will meet you in a real and a relevant way, and that we collectively will grow closer to our Creator, Savior, Sustainer, regardless of the chaos in our life. So often we as people try to do whatever we can to get away from the hardships, the uncomfortability, and the difficulties that we we endure in this life. But instead of running away from it, this podcast is a cry to instead of running away from the uncomfortability of this life, to instead lean into our Creator, Savior, Sustainer, and seek a growth that can only come from Him. This episode is going to be a part of a two-part series Um, that we're going to be doing on this psalm. So except for unpacking it all in one episode, I decided to do it in two episodes. And so if if it's just two episodes or three episodes, we'll see. Um, But I didn't want to have to uh, rush through this for today's episode. But again, I'm really excited for what the Lord wants to do in this. So before we jump into today's episode and what we're talking about in Psalms 107, I would be honored to pray for you. And no matter what you have on your heart for us to together bring whatever it is on our heart and mind to the Lord and say, Lord, you can search me and know me and test me and try me. And so that's what I want to do right now. Let's bring everything that we have within us to the Lord and allow him to show us things that maybe we weren't expecting to be shown today. And so here, let's pray together. Lord God, just thank you for who you are and what you're doing. Thank you so much for this opportunity to come together. Lord, thank you so much that your, your grace abounds in our weakness. Thank you so much that you are strong when we are weak. Lord, thank you so much that we don't have to have all the answers, but Lord, we can look to you knowing that you are a deliverer, you are a conqueror, and you are the source and the author of life and everything that we can ever strive to understand. So Lord, today we just look to you. Lord, you know what's going on in the heart and the mind of those that are listening to this, and you know what's going going on in the heart and mind of me right now as I'm speaking. So Lord, just please use this time. Lord, use me despite my weaknesses. Use me despite my insecurities. God, just please just have your will and way in our lives. So Lord, use this episode as a catalyst for what you want to do within us today. We need you, Lord. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. Psalms 107. This is a very beautiful psalm, and there's a lot more here than appears right at a a just simple glancing and um, brief skimming of the passage. So where I wanted to start was in verse 1, and I'm going to read the the chunks of this passage again, and we can just break it down a little bit. And what we're going to be looking for is the different responses that we as people And in this passage, the responses that people have towards the Lord and also examine the ways that the Lord responds to those responses. So this is Psalms 107, and I'm going to be reading a little bit and then stopping, unpacking. And we are going to go today's episode from verse 1 down to verse 22. And then we're going to continue the rest after uh, this week and going into next week. And so here, let's go ahead and start. So Psalms 107. This is what the psalmist says. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. 
Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Depending on what you as a listener or viewer right now have went through, sometimes it can be difficult to give thanks to the Lord and to see him as good. So sometimes I know in my life, I've approached a passage like this and immediately it's very difficult for me to have a receptive heart and an open heart for the Lord to speak through me, to me through the passage because I'm, I'm starting to have a conflict because what I'm feeling or thinking is going against what the text is saying. We've talked about it before on this podcast. It's important for us to take things to its most logical conclusion to never just accept something just at, at face value without really saying, okay, does this really apply? Is this really true? Is this something that can apply no matter what circumstance? And so when I read this very first verse, when it says, give thanks to the Lord, the first thing I'm thinking about is a lot of instances in this life where it can be hard to give thanks to the Lord. Immediately that, that comes to my mind, it could be as someone who has been violated by another Maybe it's been a a physical violation. Maybe there's been abuse. Maybe there's been a sexual violation. Maybe there's been rape or molestation. Or maybe there's even been emotional violation between one person to another in the sense of just manipulation and just um, just the, the emotional abuse that sometimes one could do to another, whether it be um, through the context of, of parents to children or, or even um, peers to peers, or maybe it's in a relationship. No matter where it's at, there's, there's violations and abuse that happens. And it's hard for me sometimes to say, okay, how can I give thanks to the Lord through this? And that's a fair assessment to make. Maybe you right now watching or listening this, even those first two verses is something that's just like, oh, this is very difficult for me even to make it past these two verses and to hear what the rest of the passages want to say. So it's important for us right now to be honest about what comes to our mind as we read these passages and the tension that we have. So instead of us throwing it by the wayside and saying, okay, it says, give thanks to the Lord. All right, then I'm just going to just ignore all the reservations I have about that sentence. And just, I'm just going to put that by the wayside. The reason why I would advocate not just to put that by the wayside is because it will always creep back up. We want to have faith in the Lord that is secure and confident. And if we just put our reservations to the wayside, then what that does is has a a bad foundation that we build our faith upon. And whenever those things that we put by the wayside, those reservations or those questions or those confusions that we had about the word of God or about the Lord himself, when it starts to creep back up, what it does is start to eat away at the foundation like termites. And so again, we want to have faiths that are firm and secure and wrestle through the difficult tension that we can have to the word of God and to the Lord. And, and, and that happens through not just getting rid of the reservations that we have or the questions that we have, but instead bringing it to the Lord and saying, okay, Lord, help me through your word. Help me have a faith in your word for your word to help shape an understanding of how I view this situation. And so in my life personally, and this is a journey for every single person that, that, that approaches this with, with the baggage that they approach it with, for me, what I've come to see is that when it's been difficult for me for me to thank the Lord, 
at first, I would approach the passage and say, okay, it's difficult for me to thank the Lord in these difficult and broken situations. So therefore, at the, at the very beginning, I would just say, okay, well then I guess I can't, maybe this isn't really true or this just depends on your emotions. The more that I read the word of God, I start to see that some of the questions or reservations that I have towards different things in the scripture that causes kind of tension within me, I start to see that scripture starts to give a commentary on scripture. And so for instance, when I approach this passage right here, it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. I think about reshaping how I'm approaching this passage and realizing for one, the word says that our, our hearts are deceitful above all things. So I know that my emotions can sometimes blind me from seeing the kernel of thanksgiving that can be in any situation. And so regardless of what that has happened to me, I can give thanks to the Lord for he is good because why? Except for just focus, focusing on what is bad, I can give thanks to the Lord and see that he is good because I can see, Lord, you can redeem the things that are bad in my life. Even the things that I mess up and that I make bad, the, the times that I have royally messed things up or I've made a, a mess out of uh, different things in my life or different relationships, I can give thanks to you, God, because I have seen in my life and I see in your word how you can take what the enemy meant for evil and, and use it for good, to, to, to renew it, to redeem it for good. And then my mind goes towards our creator, savior, sustainer. And I know the narrative of the scripture and I see how Jesus on the cross took all of my brokenness, all of my brokenness, and he paid the price for my sin that I could never pay in order to reconcile me back to himself. And he did that on the cross. And even as he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Because God has looked at me with compassion, empathy, love, mercy, and grace, and an abundance of love, I can thank him. Why? Because he has shown me and proven to me on the cross that he is faithful and that he is worthy to be trusted and worthy to be praised. And I can give thanks to him because even when it doesn't make sense to me, the brokenness of this world, I know that we have a God that took ownership over that brokenness and took it upon himself and conquered the brokenness through his, his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. And so, again, you know, we're not going down a, a tangent, but every time that we approach the word of God, again, we, we should not take our reservations and just throw it to the side. But instead, let's bring our reservations to the word of God and allow the Lord to help shape the reservations that we have to align it with what is true and what is noble and pure and trustworthy. And so give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. This goes into the idea of, of just testimony and the fact that if, if you listening or watching this, you have seen the Lord and his faithfulness and his goodness to you, then that's not something that we should be silent about, but instead we should have a passion to talk about it. Why? Because it is real. It is real in a world that is so topsy-turvy. Our hearts long for what is consistent and true and trustworthy. And therefore, when we come in, 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 into an experience with the living God, that is something that should excite us from within that we are passionate about.
The things that matter most to us are the things that we will, will talk the most about. And so therefore, the psalmist is saying, okay, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And we know that he is good when we, when we look at his character through his word and we, and we approach the word of God in humility and with, uh, with transparency and honesty saying, look, this is me. I want to understand who you are. And as I understand who you are, I will understand who I am. And then we understand that, okay, you have redeemed us. And the more that you get to know Jesus and get to know what he has done for us and done for you, then there is a passion that, that stirs up within us. And the psalmist knows that passion because the psalmist is writing from that passion. And then he goes on to say this, for he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. To be an exile means to be taken from your homeland. And the Jews knew what it meant to be an exile very well. The psalmist is pointing out here that when we, even when we feel exiled away from our home, even when we are taken captive from our home, that direction and distance is not a hindrance to our God, but he is still faithful to gather us from wherever we go into exile. And ultimately, looking through the, the, the big picture worldview of knowing, okay, as followers of Christ, we know that the word tells us that when we come to know Jesus as Lord, that we no longer see this world as our home, but we see that being in the presence of the Lord, of, that is where we belong. And we are longing to heaven. We are longing to be in the presence of our creator, savior, and sustainer. And so he's, he's using that imagery of exile and being exiled to point towards the, the fact that he's redeemed us and also that the Lord is faithful and his faithful love endures forever as we've seen in verse one and verse two. So going on. So there we went into an intro, and now we're going into how we as people can respond to the Lord. And as I read this, and as we talk about this, may we ask ourselves, does this describe us? Has, does this describe how maybe we were, or maybe how we are now? And so the first thing that I want to kind of focus on is that the psalmist talks about a person with restlessness and confusion, restlessness and confusion. And I know I can relate to both of those. And, and, and the way that he relates to that is this. In verse four, some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless. So we see a need there. There is a need for, there is a need for belonging. There is also a need for shelter, for home, for safety. So some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. So we see their need and then we see the response, verse six, Lord help, they cried in their trouble and he rescued them from their distress. One of the things that stand out to me is that when we feel like we are, are wandering in restlessness or confusion, when we feel hungry and thirsty, instead of continuing to wander in the wilderness and just figure this out and just, you know, you know reach for whatever self-help can get us through whatever confusion or restlessness, that we are going through, instead of doing that, we can respond to just by saying, literally waving our hands up with open hands and open hearts saying, Lord, help, Lord, help. In that response of saying, Lord, help, for one, we are recognizing that we have a creator and a savior and a sustainer, and we are looking to him, the creator, to save us from how we are feeling and what we are going through. And also, as we cry to him, Lord, help, we are looking to him. And when you are lost, you are looking for direction. 
By saying, Lord, help, you are saying, look, okay, I know I'm lost, but I'm going to find my direction in you because I am looking to you to help lead me and to get to where I need to be. And so if you right now are feeling wandering and restlessness and confusion, may we have a heart of a response of instead of just continue wandering in our own understanding, may we have a heart that says, okay, no, 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 Lord, you are the direction that is going to get me through this wandering. And we also see the Lord's response that the Lord rescues them from their distress. The Lord doesn't cease to rescue them. Now, again, we have to, instead of putting into this text of how the Lord is going to rescue us. We should not have a heart to tell the Lord how he's going to rescue us. Instead, we should just praise him for what he wants to do and how he wants to rescue us and allow him to be God, allow him to be our leader. Instead of us, you know, being, you know, we've all been in, in a car with somebody who is, a, a, is, is trying to kind of drive from the, from the passenger seat and tell us how to drive. In order for this to work in this relationship that we have with our creator, savior, sustainer, we have to allow him to lead us, knowing that you, he, will lead us straight to safety, as verse 7 says, to a city where they can live. Verse 8, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he has done for them. Every single time the Lord intervenes within our restlessness and confusion, that should be, nothing, that, that should be something that fuels the fire within us of that, that, that intimacy of the relationship that we have with the Lord. And in the times where we start to doubt or feel even more confused on what the Lord is doing and why he's allowing what he's allowing, we can look back to his faithfulness in days before and say, okay, you've been faithful yesterday. You'll be faithful today, even when it doesn't make sense. Because Lord, I know when I was wandering in the wilderness, when I was lost and homeless and hungry and thirsty, Lord, I know that you met me and you rescued me and you led me straight to safety. And then it goes on to say this, verse nine, and this is a promise for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Heavy heart. Is there anything on your heart right now that you feel just that you are hungering for or thirsting for? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's, it's for, um, maybe it's for a, a, a provision or something that is heavy on your heart. Maybe it's a need. Maybe it's a physical illness. Maybe it's just something that is heavy on you. May we look towards our creator, savior, sustainer with open hands and open hearts as we read before saying, Lord, help. I'm looking to you. I'm letting go of how you want to help me and how you want to rescue me. And instead, I just want to know you more. And I want to be so dependent on you that I don't miss what you want to do through this and how you want to deliver me and how you want to grow me and how you want to stretch me. So in restlessness and confusionness, we can look to the Lord in our wilderness and just say, Lord, help, and know that he will satisfy. Going on, there's another, um, there's another response that, that, that we can have towards the Lord. And that could be when we feel in bondage or just when we are miserable. Bondage and miserableness. I know for me, I can, I can relate with both. I've shared before in this podcast, but I know throughout my life, there has been a, 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 a struggle with lust and pornography. That has been something that, that has been difficult in my life ever since um, being in second grade. So that is something that I know I can relate to. I can relate to feeling in bondage. I can relate to the feeling of hopelessness. But again, let's see how we can respond to the Lord when we feel like we are in bondage or when we feel miserable. And also let's learn from how the Lord responds to us when we are in bondage and miserable. So verse 10, some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, 
imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. One of the things that stands out to me is that in the bondage, in the miserableness, sometimes that bondage and that miserableness can come from, as it talks about in verse 11, sometimes that can just grow and fester within us when we are rebelling against the word of God. So I know in my life, a lot of times that I've seen the bondage play out in my life, it's in the moments where I rebel against what his word says. And instead of renewing my thought and, and my emotions and my desires in the word of God, I instead say, okay, no, 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 how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking, that's going to be what is going to lead me right now. And that is going to be what shapes my thoughts and my desires and my motives and, my, and, and just my heart. And so when we feel in bondage and when we feel miserable, we have to ask ourselves, are we, is there any part in our life and in, in, in our heart and our mind towards our creator, savior, sustainer, is there anything in us that is rebelling against the word of God? Are we relying on our own strength, our own understanding instead of coming to the word of God and saying, Lord, you wash me, help me live and help me see the ways to live. And then also goes on in verse 11 to talk about scorning the counsel of the most high. And so scorning the counsel of the most high. So we know that his word is counsel, that he counsels us, that he leads us, that he, that he helps us grow into who he's created us to be. He can do that through the word of God. Another way that we can scorn the counsel of the most high God is to scorn the counsel of the people that, are, that the Lord has put in our lives to help us. So that can be wise counsel. They could be wise counsel in the sense of a pastor or um, just friends around you that care for you or the local church or parents or, or just people around us that truly do have our best interest in mind. We can scorn the Lord by scorning them. And so it talks about in there that when we sit in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery, even when we rebel against the words of God, how does the Lord respond to that? Verse 12. This is how the Lord responds sometimes to that, to that hardness of heart. And how he responds is through humbling, humbling us. Verse 12, that is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. So sometimes when we have a hardened heart in bondage and in just miserableness and rejecting the word of God, sometimes the Lord will allow us to go through a breaking process, a deconstruction process. Sometimes the Lord will allow things to happen to us in order for us to get on our knees and to realize that we are not in control and to get on our knees in humility and cry out to the one who's mighty to save, who is mighty to lead us, the, the, the one that we, we long for, but yet in our hardness, sometimes we reject so maybe right now, if, if you're going through right now and you're saying, look, that's me, I'm, I'm rebelling against the word of God and I know it. I'm, I'm, except for the word of God shaping how I live and how I view things and my worldview, I'm instead shaping my worldview against my desires and around what I want. And so if that's you, I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you before humbling, or maybe you're in the season of humbling right now, may we respond in humility with where we're at and just throw our hands up and say, okay, today is the day. No more, no more, no more. 
let us as people, let us not fight against the hands that love us, the hands that care and the the hands that were nailed in order to take away that hardness and that rebellion in our heart. And again, we see in verse 13, when the person cries out, Lord, help, he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and the deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. So our God is a God of, 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 of breaking chains, of, of freedom, of deliverance. One of the things that stand out to me when it talked about that he led them from darkness and deeping, deepest gloom it's Psalms 139, verse 12. Psalms 139, if you know me, you know that's one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. But Psalms 139, verse 12 says this, darkness and light are the same to you. And right before that in this verse, it says, to you, the night shines as bright as the day. To our God, the night, the darkness, the, 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 all of the brokenness around us, he can see right through it. And he can see his purpose and his plan through it. And that darkness is, is like light to him. So even when we feel overwhelmed by our bondage or our miserableness or in our rebellion, when we feel overwhelmed by that, the Lord can see through that and see our heart. And that should bring a, a heart of praise and humility by saying, look, Lord, darkness and light are the same to you. Lord, you, you are the only one that can see in the just the evilness and brokenness, you can see your beauty that you want to produce from within that. He's the only one. We, 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 we can't take the brokenness in our lives and make it beautiful on our own. We can't, we can't, we can't. And the reason why we can't is because we don't, we can't, we don't have the ability to see darkness as light as the Lord does. And so he, he can lead us from the darkness and deepest gloom and he can snap our chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love. Again, we start to see a common thread here. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Why? For, for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he broke down their prison gates of bronze and he cut apart their bars of iron. One of the things that also stands out to me in verse 15 is that, okay, let us praise the Lord for his great love. So because of the Lord's great love, that is what compelled him to do what he's done in this mess. So the Lord's character is love. And when we understand that, Lord, you are the epitome of love, we understand that the, the reason why he redeemed us is not for selfish motives, but it was out of selflessness. And we see that through the person of Christ. We see that, that Jesus, the word of God made flesh, he lived a life through the, through the heart of selfless, selfless surrender. He is, the, he is the sacrificial servant. He's the suffering servant as well. And so that should produce praise within us. In a world of false intimacy and false love, and selfish love and f- selfish motives and, and bait and switches within, within relationships of you do this and, and, and I'll do this. And if you don't do this, then I won't do that. Romans 3.23 stands out that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But yet the Lord loved us so much that despite us, he did. And I wanted to end with this and then we'll continue the rest of this next week. But it says this in verse 17, some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food 
and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. One of the responses we can also have to our creator, savior, sustainer is a heart of stubbornness, stubbornness. And we've all been there. I've been there. I know I've been there. For 17 years, I've been there. Stubbornness, a hardness, a walled up heart towards the Lord. Instead of, instead of even thinking about coming to him or even entertaining that thought, we, we have so much hostility built up towards our God that we, we just use that as a, as a wedge and we start to, to just build that gap even more and more and more. And we don't even want to think about food. We don't even want to think about coming to him. But yet we see how the Lord can even penetrate that heart. I know he did that within me. And the word calls them fools because instead of, in their hunger, instead of them saying, okay, and taking the bread that is right there being offered to them through Christ, instead of taking that and eating and not starving to death, sometimes we as people would choose to starve to death because of a hostility within us towards our creator, savior, sustainer. And it is only our creator, savior, sustainer that can pierce through that. And, and, and he is faithful to do that. And one of the ways that he is faithful to break through the hardness of heart, even the most hardness of heart, whether you know somebody or you right now, you're saying, yeah, that is me. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm hardened. I've been through things. I've encountered things that have made me hate God. How can a loving God allow what have happened to me to happen to me? One of the ways that he can heal that mindset right now is in verse 20. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Heavy heart. If you feel walled up right now, I want to tell you this. The truth will deliver you, but we have to stop being walled off to the truth. And the truth is found in the word of God. May we, in our desperation, in our humility, come to the word of God and say, Lord, if you are who you say you are, then I know when I come to you and seek you, as Jeremiah 29, 13, we talk about it all the time on this podcast. As God told Jeremiah, he said, look, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. So heavy heart, if you right now are saying, look, I don't wanna be hardened anymore to God. May we just say, okay, okay, I'm gonna seek you with all of my heart. I'm gonna seek you with all my heart. Lord, give me the faith. Give me the faith to grab onto your word and to hold it and allow your word to do the miracle of restoration and, and freedom within my heart through the Holy Spirit and through what you have done on the cross. The word of God can set us free if we allow it to. And so there's just about three different uh, different things here in this passage. And, and next week, I, I, I would be honored to continue this going on. There is so much uh, left in this passage I would love to talk about. But I, I just want to end in that and, and say, no matter where you're at, no matter where we are at, may this episode do nothing but bring a humility within us of how, how little am I compared to you, God, but yet how big am I? Because Lord, you love me. You love me. My worth and my identity and my value and my purpose, my, all of that is, is no longer going to be defined by the things around me, but it's found in the everlasting God. I am beautiful. Why? Because the author of beauty paid it all in order to show me the beautiness that, that we were in his eyes, even in our disgusting filth, in our death, in our decay. Value is determined 
by the length and the and and the extent that the owner will go to possess that which he is pursuing. May our value be found in a God who is everlastingly pursuing after us. And every single day, he gives us an opportunity to accept him and to grow in an intimate relationship that has been bought by blood. And that blood was suffered by his word becoming flesh and dwelling among, among us. And his name was Jesus. That God loved us so much that he sent his only, only son that whoever believes and surrenders to that will not perish but have everlasting life. For he did not come to condemn you or me, but he has come to free us. He did not come to condemn this world, but to free us, to deliver us. So may that set us free today. May that produce, as we said at the very beginning, may that produce a thanksgivingness for his goodness. And may it produce produce just a clarity of sober-minded towards just the awe of how faithful he is towards us, even through the, the worst that we may go through. So here, I, I want to pray for you and pray for us. And, and I, again, I'm, I'm so honored that you are here. So let's pray together and, and bring this to him and, and just ask him to do a wonder within us through this word that has been spoken. So here, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you for who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your pursuit. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, thank you that even when we are hostile, when we are rebellious, Lord, when we are divisive towards others and towards your counsel and even towards your word, Lord, when we are the, the epitome of what we hate, Lord, you love us so much that you give us an opportunity to see you for who you are and for us to see ourselves through your eyes. So Lord, will you please just help us grow in a deeper passion and all of you that produces a humility and a surrender within us. Lord, produce within us the work that you deem, that you have deemed from the very beginning of time that you wanna do within us. Lord, help us not fight you. Help us not fight the hands that hold us. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, help us continue to grow in you, knowing that you will give us everything that we need for life and godliness. We need you, and we look to you. Jesus, thank you. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I know it was kind of rapid fire today, but um, I, I pray that there was something within this that, uh, that met you in a real and relevant way where you're at. I would love to be a part of a conversation. If there's something that you're thinking or any questions you may have, feel free to reach out to me. My name is Jonah Fair. You can email me at jonahfair at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook or on Instagram as Jonah, J-O-N-A-H, and then F-A-I-R. And so I would love to be a part of your uh, of your of what what you got going on in your life. Also, if this has blessed you, please I, I don't say this enough, but when you rate and review this on iTunes or however you listen to this on on podcast, or when you like it on YouTube or share it, what that does is help expand the reach of this podcast. And so that helps this be able to reach more people. Um, and get caught up in algorithms that can help um, propel this even beyond uh, the area where, where I live. So God bless you. You have a great day. Look forward to talking to you next week. See ya.